Ever dance with the devil in the pale light? It's metal, it's rock and roll, it's dangerous. Nobody threatens Sam, you clearly don't know who you're talking to. I am the danger. Mess with a bull, young man, you'll get the horns. Welcome to the Lion's Pit. I'm your host, your, I'm your host, Andrew. Today I am joined with phenomenal producer, among a lot of other things, uh, songwriter, the list goes on, <laughs> mixer, yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Jeff. I uh, appreciate you taking the time to sit and chat. Hey, no, thanks. Thanks for having me. All right. Uh, so first, first, I just want to dig into you as uh, what, what, have, what have you been up to since uh, the quarantine and uh, with basically with Ontario shutting down? Uh, what, what have you been up to and how have you been dealing with uh, with the situation? Well, I've been pretty fortunate because I've been, you know, for years set up to work at home. So <clears throat> without making light of the situation, you know, I've, I've been training for quarantine for 20 years. So it's uh, <laughs> hasn't really changed for us, you know, other than, you know, your typical, you have to get groceries, you can do all that stuff. It's still, you know, we're very cautious about it, but um, right. I'm used to being at home, you know, so nothing really changed. What did change was my workflow so like normally i'll be working on projects that's stat like it's overlapping you know so i'll be working on music for one project right <clears throat> while i'm finishing up the music on another one and having vocalists come in to record and it's just this constant cycle of, of work you know but now it's and i'm usually booked months in advance so like in this case i, bo I was booked solid till september but that would normally be music vocals music vocals now it's just been music so I'm ahead of the game, and now I've got a mountain of vocal sessions that are set to go. And so that might mean me traveling. You know, it's about you know how comfortable we are about having singers come in, and because they're usually recording right beside me, so they literally be spinning all over me. So <laughs> it's a bit it's a bit scary. So you know, we're trying to all I've had to do differently is book outside um, studios to do vocal sessions so we can separate. But uh, pretty much nothing's really changed for me. So that's uh, I'm blessed for that for sure right. it's funny because uh you know i just finished building the drum room here to record drums normally i'd have to go to bigger facilities but we built a really nice place here and that just got completed pretty much just before covid happened so uh wow. the lockdown i couldn't it could have been like it was perfect timing no that's that's not what i mean having the studio built was done just in time which is perfect for us 100 so, percent Again, I never want to make light of what's going on out there. It's less, I just feel lucky that we got just under the wire, which is good. So, well, I I think I think you you do though. I think uh, kind of getting uh, you know, there's been so much so much darkness that that's been going on, and you're actually. Uh, just just what you've been able to accomplish in the time that that the basically the world's been shut down is is amazing 
Um, I saw the the one video that you did, uh, the big collaboration. Actually, there was a couple. I think there was a couple that you there's, did. There's two so far. There's actually two more coming, possibly a third one. So I'm just. Uh, do you want me to explain what those were, or just? Yeah, yeah. No, go basically, ahead. Basically, yeah, yeah. uh, you know, I'm managed by a company in Vancouver called Sharp Nine Music, and who's run by a very very good friend of mine, Bill Miller, and uh, he also represents. <clears throat> quite a few, not quite a few, but a, a good tight roster of, of great producers in Canada. And uh, we decided, hey, let's, you know, um, my manager and, and another producer came up with the idea, like, why don't we just, why don't, there's so many producers on this roster, we're all friends, we all play the instruments, why don't we just become a band and then we'll record the vocalists that we've encountered our, through our career, whether we reproduced them or had sessions with them or just connections through the industry. So, Rob was the Rob Wells was the first, and he did that. Uh, living, um, sorry, no, he did that. Don't stop believing, and right. so all the vocalists on his were primarily the people that he's dealt with in his career. And then the second was Pete Lesperance, who did uh, Rocket in the Free World, which I thought was amazing too. And that had uh, again the same band, but then a bunch of artists that he's dealt with, and even some of mine. And I'm uh, I'm just going to be finishing mine up. I I can't tell you what it is yet, but it's it's a it's a classic Canadian hit, and uh, so far it's amazing. So it's the vocals I got are fantastic. So for, it's a for, lot of work, though. It's a lot of work to put that shit together, man. Because it's a video as well. So it's picking. Right. Like I've literally got I got forty singers on mine that all sang the oh. entire song, and I got to figure out the best parts of each and try to get everybody in there. And then then we got to make that video work. It's it's not an easy task, but you know it's something we do daily anyway. So I thought. We all kind of thought that if we can give people like five minutes to smile and just fucking shithole them, the situation we're all in, it's, right. it's, we just, that's kind of really what it was. Also, to, you know, at the end of each video, we're, you know, we're telling people that just watch, you know, please donate, you know, locally if you can, shop local and help a neighbor. It's whatever. Like, we're not telling you where to, put any kind of donations but if you can and you can afford yeah. to do it there were you know we're not begging but that was just kind of just try to pull the community together a little bit and, and obviously there's <clears throat> the promotional benefit of that but that's that's kind of like the least important thing and the and another important thing we, we all wanted was the the, the uh, because of Rob's artist and then Pete's artist and then Ross is another Ross Citrillo is another producer and Justin Cutting and Spencer Shane out in Alberta um, and Rob Wells, there's that cross-pollination because there's artists that worked with Rob that didn't know the artists that worked with Pete that won't know that. So they're all starting, it's like a forming a little community of people that never had met, but they're fans of each other. So it's kind of cool. Right. So that it's kind of nice that there's that, you know, thing happening where it might not have happened before. So again, it's, uh, it was just to try to do something to feel good and have a good time, really. But it's uh, a lot of work. So. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's but, I mean, I, it's only it's only like if I had no nothing else to do, then it would be done. But like it keeps taking a back burner because I can still you know go back to work because Ford's like you know studios can work and it really puts a, a bit of a strain on a lot of us producers because a lot of us are doing it at home, and um, so that means you know we have to get back to the grind and figure out how to make productions work because our clients are waiting. So, uh, but that now makes my collaboration song go on the back burner kind of, just a little on, bit, which kind of, yeah. which kind of sucks, but I'd like to get it done because it's, it's turning out so good that I, 
I'm, I'm excited. So, but I'm trying to be responsible and get the real work done. But uh, <laughs> and then and then Ross, I've already played on Ross, and Ross is doing. I can't tell you what song, but it's amazing. It's a, a classic song that everybody knows, and then, so it's going to be good. But you know, I gotta. Maybe get this done sooner than later before the you know COVID's over. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it doesn't matter. Even if, even if we're back to normal, it's still it's still necessary. So it's a lot of healing to be done. So right. Uh, anyway, speaking of healing, and uh, just how how hard the uh, music industry has been hit with with this. Uh, I mean, even myself, I've had to reevaluate what I wanted to do uh, in the business where I was I was focused on on the live side I, I mean I'm still sure. kind of focused on it but I'm more focused on on promoting now and and more like on the recording side and you know that kind of thing what are your thoughts on the live industry and because I mean, we just had uh, pretty big news today uh, that that the uh, the music hall in Oshawa is, I mean, they were down, but now they're coming back bigger and better. Uh, what are your What are your thoughts on that? And what are your thoughts on the the live industry as a whole? Because it's really taking a hit. Yeah, that's a. <clears throat> I mean, that's an entire podcast alone like you know from different angles um it's okay we got lots of time <laughs> no i know uh well there's i can let me let me unpack that a little bit so mm -hmm. i have to look at it from two, two different so from my side of the fence i'm creating music that creates hopefully fans which creates asses and seats or people in front of the stage <clears throat> so um fortunately like even in, in history, you know, like during both massive world wars and so on, entertainment has always, I don't want to say thrived, but at least continued to um, exist. And so that just goes to show you how important the arts are to people. So I was never really worried going into this pandemic, like, oh my God, am I ever going to produce music again? No. In fact, I'm just as busy as usual. And, and because artists, whether it's, like a selfish reason or who knows, it doesn't matter. Just I'm also an artist as well. So I was in a band. It's like, even if I was in a band during all this, I'd still be practicing. We'd still figure it out. Still be writing music right. because we're artists. And it's not, we're not, we're not artists to make money. We're artists because we can't not art, you know? So that side of it has been relatively cool. Like I said earlier, like I've been busy as usual, but the one thing that my job as a producer, not to, you know, sound egotistical it's not even egotistical it's just a part of my job is being somewhat psychiatry and psychologist you know for artists you know because i know what it feels like to be creative and <clears throat> creative people often you know make really bad decisions and so on and so forth and sometimes it's dealing with somebody that knows where they are at that seeps into my job room advice um pep talks cheerleading and so on and so i don't really have a problem with that usually and I still don't, but but during this pandemic, I'm literally on the phone at least twice a day with different artists that are fucking freaking out, like, I, you know, to the point of tears. And, like, they're so stressed out that they want to go 
and play. And I know that draw, I know that feeling, that pull to go, you need to go and play. Yeah. And, you know, I'm trying to be optimistic and, and hopeful for them. I say like, you know, at least you'll do one or two shows, hopefully this summer, we'll see how it goes. But, but for the most part, they've, that was earlier on. Now I see them all doing their live, like there's a million live stream stuff. Some of it's god awful and it shouldn't happen, but, and there's some of them that are really, really well done and they take the time and rehearse and then do it. So artists are finding a way. And it's like, we're like fucking weeds, you know? You can pave it all you want, but we'll find a crack. So that's kind of, <laughs> I knew that, I kind of knew that even going into it, that that's what's going to happen. So right. it, the earlier part of it was the, well, actually, the earlier part of it was kind of like everybody didn't really know what's going on. Halfway through, uh, that's when it started to get really dark and really sad because I'm trying to be happy and keep everybody happy. But then it's like you get, you know, so many people every day exposing their feelings, and that really makes me sad. Like, I want to help them. And so it starts to speak to my internal male DNA that I'm supposed to be a protector and fight the fight the, the lions, you know, but I can't, and I just have to sit back and, and hope for the best like everybody else. So that was very taxing. So it did kind of make me a bit sad. That would be the only thing that I had a problem with. And I'd, I'd do it all over again for my artist. No problem. Cause they're my, my kids and my family. So right. that's fine. But, um, in terms of the live stuff, uh, to jump over to that side. So that was more about the recording and kind of do I keep doing this kind of questions, you know, and, now yeah. getting into the live element, uh, you know, you saw what Dan Davidson did with the, the diesel bird fest, which in case anybody's listening, <clears throat> the diesel has nothing to do with me other than that's my nickname. And it just, they pulled the name <laughs> out of that diesel bird. And then Joel bird is one of the best live guys, like mixers. He does a lot of dance and Brad Kissel. And I'm, I think that's, they just went diesel bird fest. It's fine. They don't care. <laughs> Because we're all, it's all kind of family as well, but I have no stake in that game other than Dan is one of my artists and some other artists that I work with are on it. And, and uh, so and you that made was, that happen. That was yeah, online? So that was online and yeah. it's actually up for a CCMA uh, award for, I think it's like broad, I can't remember what the category was exactly, but it's like, wow, it's like this online festival is now mm. up for a CCMA against some television shows it's like it, it did that well it did very very well so wow. so well in fact i think now dan and his partners are talking about doing when they can a live version of that like like an actual festival out in alberta which is kind of cool and so sitting back going okay what do we do next you know fortunately a lot of good artists are very um intelligent isn't the word they're intelligent but they're they're crap. They just want to do things. They want to create. It's art. And so I find innovation often comes from arts people, arts-minded people. And so Dan actually came up with the concept of that mot or the hotel concerts. And so now he's got another Diesel Bird Festival that is sold out. It's the whole back side of a, 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 a big hotel. And so people rented Crazy. the suites. That's what they bought. The ticket bought them the suite for four, up to four or five people, I think. And then the stage is at the back of the hotel outside. And so all the bands are playing live for the crowd that's rented out these hotel rooms. So they've already done one and now they're just um, to, as a kind of a test. I think I can't remember how that was uh, happened, but the new one is, I think, very soon, like uh, July, August. 
mid-August. I, I can't remember the date. I should know that. But and it's sold out. <laughs> so it's like I said, you can pay the fucking shit all you want. The weeds will find the crack and live. So right. that's an awful way to talk about my artists. They're not weeds. You know what I'm saying? They're just they're gonna find a way. And exactly. I kind of knew that. I had that feeling anyways from the beginning that we're gonna be fine. And that, and that's you know. I just that's my take on it. So I, I'm really proud of so many artists out there that have taken the initiative to fill the void for their fans, and uh, try to do some good. And even if even if there are selfish selfish motives of like self promotion, who fucking cares? That's that's part of the game. I mean, that's why we're doing this. That's why you do this. There's always that little part that we're doing something to promote us, but we also like to promote things with us. So it's not. It's not purely selfish, but you know, we got to live too. So, right, right. Yeah. Um, that was a very long-winded answer. Sorry, <laughs> that's that's okay. That's all right. I get lots of lots of good uh, element out of that, so it's good. Uh, so you you work with a lot of, uh, I mean, I you'd kind of I I'd say that you're more of a country producer. As opposed to, I mean, you've you've worked with others, but your soul, like your main focus, has seemed to be uh, country, uh, and the yeah. I mean, from okay, so for yeah, well, I'll get you. You can answer your question. Go ahead, keep going, keep going. Yeah. Go. So <laughs> I'll just shut. Up. Oh, Jeff, you're fantastic. I love I'm it. Just gonna shut I, up now. That, go. That's that's okay. Uh, so you yeah, you've worked with. Uh, many different artists like uh, uh, the Washboard Union, uh, Dan Davidson, who you mentioned, uh, Alan or Aaron Allen, uh, Jim Cuddy, even Edwin Prozac. the The list is the list goes on. You've worked with Thornley, all all Canadian artists. Um, I so I. I've interviewed because uh, I was I was trying to solely stick Canadian and I went I went Canadian American I went I had my first overseas interview uh, and it was it was great I'm trying to like and I, the thing that I love about what you're doing is you're just you you're just trying like everybody else trying to get the best out of out of artists and yeah. and I, I I love that. So uh, with with some of these names being mentioned, what would you say is would be not to not to cast anybody aside, but your your favorite your favorite that you've worked with. <laughs> okay, I'm putting well, you on the spot you know, big time. For no, that, that is putting you on the spot. I mean, it's no. pretty. It's. I don't want to say it's a common question, but it's it's come up. But right. um, l let me rewind first. And, sure. And so, from the perspective of where you are and who you, how you know me, and so on, it's very easy to go. Well, he's the country guy. Well, right. I have to. I have to qualify that. So you're not wrong. At the moment. The, all I'm doing is country because that's where sort of that's where the budgets are. I work for the major label stuff, and they that's what they're doing. Um, they're it's you know 
we'll get to the other genres in a second. So at the moment in my current career, the majority of the stuff I'm doing is country. However, um, unless people go and look like on my website and stuff, they would see I actually have more accolades in pop and rock than I do in country. And the history I have is way bigger. And so I've always sometimes had to struggle with the fact, oh, you're the country guy. But um, I've got multiple platinum records in pop. And so if you want pop and, you know, hey, if you want pop and fuse country, hold my beer. I got that covered. <laughs> oh, you want. Uh, and then same with rock. You want. Oh, you want rock and fuse country? Hold my beer. So I'm not tooting my own horn, but I have multiple platinum records in literally every genre that's except death metal. Right. And I, and I want to do a death metal record. Trust me if you're listening out there. I want to do a death metal record. And I can because uh, what I do know from my history is it's just, it's just fucking music. And the genre is irrelevant. It's music and it's conveying ideas and painting the picture that the artist wants. Right. That's, you know, I have a lifetime of that. So I have right. no fear about, you know, if the the, the the trends change, I've always rolled with that. So, Being I mean, I've right. already signed up to do, I can't tell you the band, but it's a, it's a, to kind of fuck over what you just said, it's an American band, but they want me to work on a couple of singles and it's, it's heavy, like mainstream stuff. So, and because they know my track record of rock and they're like, we want to do this with you. And I'm like, okay, well, let's try to figure out the timetables and COVID's screwing all it up, but. Um, you know, I'm definitely looking at a couple of rock bands to work with right now as well. You know, indies potentially, and maybe a new, couple of new pop artists. So, I mean, the last pop song I did uh, peaked—I don't even know—top, almost top ten, two songs. So, and I think it's gold. I think it went gold, but it doesn't really matter. It's just—it's—it's it's art and it's music. And but so that that tells you about the first thing you're saying yeah i mean a lot of it is country because i'm not the one choosing unless i choose to work on country I mean, people are can right. you work on the single it's like i gotta make a living that's all i do so and i enjoy it because it's music and i i love every style of music there is probably because i've played it produced it or maybe it's a musician thing in me that i you know i you know i, I didn't even hate culture club like literally think think about mm -hmm. the first time we met like you're you know I don't want to say right. closed-minded, but you, you know, you had your oh yeah, yeah bubble, and we all we all did that as kids too. Yeah. Just fortunately for me, you know, I was 18 and I loved jazz, but I liked heavy metal, and I loved ACDC and I loved pop, and there's just Culture Club. It's like, yeah, that's kind of cool. It, I just enjoyed the music part of it, not the. It was a little about the, it was less about the message and the the branding. Like that, the public responded to that. I could hear just the music part and appreciate what's going on from a production sound point of view. So right. <clears throat> I don't have, a, I don't even have a specific genre of music that I hate. I mean, I know it's, I know what it takes to create product and stand behind it and the, the work it takes. So if anybody creates anything, <clears throat> I at least appreciate the, um, that they completed the task. It's like, so I, that allows me to, be comfortable in working pretty much in any genre so but but as far as um the, the second the second half that you were saying it was more about it was more the what was you were saying about canadian yeah well your 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 favorite your favorite artist that you've worked with oh uh, right okay yeah. so my favorite i don't see i don't there's no real answer to that question because 
<laughs> you what well, you have to know me like you know what i'm talking like so every yeah. artist i've pretty much 90 percent of the artists i've worked with in my whole career were still friends even if they've gone on to work with maybe a, a bigger producer in the u.s or or something or somebody different or they got out of music altogether or they're just taking a hiatus we're still friends so right, it's right. i i don't think i've had i haven't had really any negative or shitty sessions. Uh, maybe back way, way back when I was trying to do stuff. Maybe right. there's some people I wanted to, you know, throat punch. But right. you know, it's still I, I can't remember. And they're probably gone. But that's why I right. say ninety percent, because um, you know I try to make the environment when we're working together. It's more like, like I actually I care about their art and their artists, and it's not about. I'm fortunately at a point in my career where I'm like, it's it's less about the money and more about trying to leave a mark and and I, if i'm going to take somebody's money whether it's through a label because they ultimately have to pay for that or if it's independent i'm i'm really interested in trying to help them be stronger before we even hit record and i think that's what's been missing in our industry is is that i want to take care of the human it's not just about bleep blurp 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 fucking control alt delete s like it's that's not music yeah. uh, it's about helping you know, getting the right songs, uh, trying to help them improve his players, challenge them uh, from project, like from record to record, single to single. So they, there's a con, you can see a constant, consistent progression in their abilities. Because right. I grew up in an environment that when that's what the industry was, <clears throat> we had very, very evil <clears throat> A&R people that were very caustic and very truthful to the point where that's, that hurt my feelings. But that, that, made me become who I am and I think there's a lot of that missing too so it's not like I you know sit there and stroke the artist's ego I'm still pretty blunt but they know they know it's coming from a good point like I'm not going hey just pay me all oh, your song is great and I really think there's so much talent in Canada that I'm lucky that almost all of my productions are 100% Canadian content like you know when it comes to production so it's done here with me so that canada and then i just hire canadian players because you know, it's we have some of the best players in the world that live here so oh yeah why would i why would i not use them so <clears throat> and i'm proud of that too like people like when i win the awards and stuff it's funny like i i like winning not because it's like oh i'm great because i know it's somewhat political it's very usually very tight you know if i won lot like last ccma I was sitting at the same table with my friend Danik, who I was up against, and we both knew it could have gone either way by five votes. Who gives a shit? Like, we were both good at what we do. We're friends. I respect him. I think he's one of my favorite producers. And, and right. everybody that I'm up against this year, same thing. But I like winning only so I can go up and thank my players, the people that are in Canada that uh, played on these records and gave their heart and soul and the team that's behind it. It's not about me. It's, it's about everybody. So, And... Um, there you go. Does that help? Yeah. Did that kind yeah. of answer the question? Uh, yeah. And I, I think one of my favorite things about you, Jeff, is you are, you, ever since we've met, you've, you've been the kind of guy to say, we need to thank everybody. Everybody, Absolutely. everybody needs to be, doesn't matter, you know, who it is. Uh, anybody who had a hand in creating whatever is 
you know, even even li the live the live side, the you know, the people setting up setting up the live the, the all the equipment. Yep. So many people that don't that that go unnoticed. Yeah. And and I think that's what I, I just I just love that about you. Um so Well thanks. I think yeah. that but it's not it's not even something that's by design. It's just Right, right. I have friends from so many sides of the glass, so to speak. Right. I have just as many friends in tech, like at the tech side of things and musicians and artists and it's like I always appreciate when somebody has the chance to acknowledge their team and they and they try to do as many people as possible before the music starts playing and you get pulled off the stage. But you know, so it's limited. But I, I always remember one CCMA is like, I don't really know Dallas. I know him, but not we're not buddies. We don't hang out. But Dallas Smith, who's arguably one of the biggest Canadian country stars, he um, I watched him thank his entire band and crew. He didn't. Like he, you know, saying, I have to thank the label, blah, blah, blah. And he just rushed to that and then he got, and he listed off. And it's like, it's that moment on, it's like, that was the first time I had seen every, anybody else do that. Except for Dan. Dan's, Dan's done that when he's won things. But um, right. I'm like, I think right after I said, look, I, I could hate Dallas and he could come and shit on my front lawn, but I'm still going to respect him for doing that because that's why he's where he's at. That's why all these artists are there, that, you know. Whether it's their management company, their musicians, techs, people at the labels that put in the extra hours to make the extra phone calls, that stuff really does make a big difference. And it's sometimes unfortunate to see the artist. Artists, some artists don't figure that out till it's too late. Mm -hmm. So, right? Or they, or they, you know, any artist out there listening, if you ever have any success and it's working, do yourself a favor and don't believe in your own fucking hype because there's a hundred people that made that happen and you got to take the time when possible to, to acknowledge them at least, you know? So it is one great, you are one part of a great big machine. And a lot of times people think, well, I'm the artist, you work for me. Well, yeah, that's true. But if we don't do our jobs, there's no artists. So that's uh, definitely, and you know, for the most part, a lot of the times it just runs in a nice smooth thing, but I've seen shitty versions of that. And I've seen really nice versions of that. So yeah, right. it's nice to, it's nice that people actually see that and acknowledge that I actually try to do that. So it's right. become kind of my thing. It's like, a, you know, when I accept awards, it's like, oh, here's going to say thank Canada, you know. So, <laughs> but, I mean, we're here. It's like, wait, I'm here to celebrate Canadians. Like, that's I, right. The, fun, the funny part of it is I'm a dual citizen. I was born in Fresno, California. Oh, and wow. I, moved, I moved up here when I was really young, five, I think, like that, because like, my parents are from here. Right. Um, I was a road baby, which is a whole other podcast. But um, my dad was a professional <laughs> musician. So <clears throat> uh, and it's funny. So I'm dual citizen, but I seem to, like, I want to stay here. Like, everybody's trying to move to different parts of the U.S., L.A., Nashville, New York, to make it. And it's like, well, we've got all the ingredients here. We have funding. We have we have a great talent pool. Why, why don't you just stay home and do it? It's like, I never really felt that pull, even though I don't even need to get a green card. I could just get on, I could drive there and here's my papers of, oh you're born in the u.s come on and can do whatever i want <laughs> but i choose to stay here and try to um enrich canadian talent however i can not to sound like i'm fucking anything but you know what i mean so right 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 i might as well do my best my part you know right. help you like people like you or anybody that from 
you know, going to school for any kind of music industry job, artists themselves, players, anything I get to do to help them become better, I'm in. So. Right. Uh, so one of the things that I didn't mention off the top was that Jeff is a, uh, he's also a professor at uh, Durham College in Oshawa, Ontario. Uh, and you, you work with Scent, the Scent program. I met you also not, not only through Scent, but through, uh, through the um, music, uh, music or overview course and we learned we were able to learn so much uh on the recording side and and i think that you know and it sent sent class that that practicum is a very very important piece of uh the music business management course or program at at durham college and just so i mean i man it like it was crazy the end of the year was so crazy we were all set up with with our our cds ready like we were ready to you know everything was ready to just and then boom the covid19 shuts everything down and well you know what I, the, the, I, ad, the we, adaptation we, We've talked about that, Catherine and I still talk, and, you know, we're both just very thankful that uh, our job was already done with you guys by the end of the year. Like, the CD thing is just sort of like, hey, we all won, we did our thing, here's something for you to take home that you guys created. But literally the whole concept of that course is why you have a fucking podcast now. Yeah, the yeah. guy, the guy I met day one. <laughs> if I said, "Hey, next week you're starting a podcast," you probably would have shit your pants. But it's that interaction and getting to know that it's not about clique; it's about humans and it's about music. And even like I've I've seen so many people change as people, <laughs> which allows them to go out and really grab their, but ultimately what the career is supposed to be grabbed by by the balls like literally right so right. yeah i don't think the last part of the year really damaged anybody in the final year classes right. the second the first year first year students kind of sucks but i mean they're going to be taking over the top next so it's you know uh i can announce it now publicly i've taken a hiatus next term i won't be back so i'll i have to take this year off well it's only like literally because i'm so fucking busy like, <laughs> like, it's like i was booked and now i gotta do all these vocal sessions i gotta do fly dates now plus new songs that are coming in it's like the last thing i want to do is keep canceling classes and not come right um, right so you're definitely the students are going to be in good hands because i know who's running the show so it's amazing um, do so, so do you think that the second years and the first years are gonna run into uh, any issues this uh, this upcoming year? Because uh, I don't, I really don't know Durham's plans, but I mean, uh, I do know the teaching, the staff, and they're gonna do whatever they can to enrich everybody's lives. So, <clears throat> I mean, 
in in terms of like well so we don't have to talk about college so we can get back to music but to, in a nutshell right, right. there um you can you can you can back me up on this literally the whole concept of scent was learning how to communicate right. properly and effectively yeah. and manage projects and get shit done well yeah. major labels are in the same boat we're in now so it's almost a great learning experience that sony universal uh one of their all doing zoom meetings weekly and everybody's still at home doing their job and they're making the same profit and work is getting done. And so this is just one more way of doing business. So in fact, I think the second year students and the first year students are going to maybe even learn more valuable tools than you learned. Then, then we, right, right. Because the right. teachers are going to be in that process daily. Like right. I'm having conference calls with the labels and other managers and so on. And it's a different way of doing things. So it's just another way of communicating. And so I think, I think it's kind of cool, actually, that uh, they're going to maybe... The fact that, like, your final project was doing a digital concert, like the Dieselbird Fest, like, yeah, it yeah. was actually kind of an amazing opportunity <laughs> to try to get that working. Right. Because now all you fuckers can do that. You know how to do it. <laughs> right? So yeah, what yeah. a fast learning... That's a, a quick learning curve in a short amount of time utilizing all the stuff you've learned on the ground right and putting it into action i think you know it's like taking lemons and making lemonade literally well so and and i th i think that's been one of my big things for uh for the for my podcast is literally having to learn learn as i go and for sure you know and like just working with with different programs seeing which programs work and stuff so i think you know, it, it just, it gives us that extra motivation to say, hey, listen, we got to, you know, we got, we got to figure this out and we got to figure it out quick. And then just always, just always picture my weeds coming through the concrete. <laughs> so just be the weed. <laughs> you know, people will try to pave over you and it's going to happen constantly. Right. The just world and keep pushing through. The world is tough. Don't buy into the whole, oh, I'm triggered bullshit. Like you got to work. And you got to be tough, and you'll find a way, right, to make it work. And you're doing it. See, look, you're doing right. it. Right, awesome. You know, another uh, hundred of these, and you're gonna have massive sponsors. <laughs> and, you're just gonna, and your guests will get way bigger than me and everybody else. And it's just that's you know well, you never know. You, you know what though? You know what? I I don't I don't want because uh, my my goal when I started this podcast was to get people to get bands from the bottom and try and move them up and sure and sure. you know and then and then go back down and bring more up and go down and bring more up that's i think that's been my biggest objective because of the fact that there's so many there's so many talented bands like that I'm that are coming across to me through facebook through fa the facebook ads it's yeah. like you know i get i get a facebook ad i'm like okay fuck i like this band i'm gonna i'm gonna message them boom and then you know yeah. on my show they go and i you know even if i get one listener two listeners it's better than you know uh just just check it out and if you don't like it then go to True. the next one you know but, um, well, it's the, this is well. What you're doing is literally being sewn into the fabric of our community, like our whole 
community and humanity. Like, so there's nothing wrong with you. Don't ever feel like you, like, I'm not here to fucking teach you. You're supposed to be asking right. questions. Like, <laughs> this is my nature. Again, right, right. don't, don't like, I mean, sometimes I'm like, I feel guilty. I'm taking people's money producing. I just want to make good music. Don't fall into that. Cause I've got to pay my bills. So right, right. The, 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 if you do get sponsors or somehow it gets to the point where you're a Patreon and people are subscribing, Right. That just allows you to bring even more people in and more make bigger change. So always, uh, it's a instead of a one to one, think of it as a triangle. If they win, Andrew wins, and the listeners win, and then they win, and then they, Andrew yeah. and this. So we're all right, you know, stick right. a team, stick a three people team, audience, right. art, artists, and Andrew. So again, right. there's my last lesson to give you as your teacher. So I'm not your teacher. <laughs> Any more advice? You'll have to pay. <laughs> Oh, awesome. Uh, so originally when you got into the music business, uh, you, you've, your resumes, you got a huge resume. Uh, now your vision when you first, when you first came into the music industry, uh, what was it then? And how has it changed if if it's changed up until this point um i'd honestly say uh, that's a lot of questions in one question i would (laughs) say i would say recently funny enough i've been thinking about it that the actual making of music and quality of music to be successful hasn't changed what's changed is fuck how can i put it um What's changed is sort of the definition of what's good. That's hard to explain. And so, and not to sound like a fucking asshole, but it's almost like I I feel sometimes like my A game, maybe I'm successful because my A game sticks out because it doesn't sound like everything else. So I'm not pissing on anybody, but there is definitely uh, blurred definitions of what people do in this industry, producers, A&R, engineers, that people don't really know. Because of right. all the, you know, social media and DIY technology, it's most people don't have an asshole like me going, no, Andrew, this yes, it's a good song. Your mom loves it, and your girlfriend <laughs> gave you blowy. Great, um, the song is terrible, and there's not enough people out there doing that job. And so, mm-hmm. if anything, uh, technology has just allowed the shit music to. Well, you know what? The conference. I don't want to shit on anybody because you got to start somewhere, <clears throat> and I encourage that, but. Uh, Somebody said to me, I was having a conversation with this huge mixer in LA. Um, we talked about this. He said, you know, technology, it's amazing. The technology we have today, it's so awesome to use. It doesn't make it easier. It just makes it quicker, which makes it easier for people to know what they're doing or like no music. But, um, you know, because of the new technologies, there's an amazing amount of great music being produced. And then, And then he said, Unfortunately, because of the technology, there's a huge amount of shitty music being made. <laughs> so, and now we have the internet toilet that's just filled up with all of the music. And so really what it's come back to, which I'm, I'm circling back, sorry to confuse anybody, where it was in the beginning was the music industry, which is different than the music, sorry, the music industry benefited from the music business. And the music business was about marketing and putting artists in front of as many people as possible and creating opportunities and helping with branding. 
that kind of fucking went away for a little while with this DIY. Everybody's like, I'm making music. I got beats. It's the same beats and it's the same whatever. And right. there's nobody challenging their songs, their structure, their performances. Um, and it just they just don't know it's not great. And nobody's telling them. But even now, it's driven to like, because I have to poke through that sea of, of average or shitty on the internet, marketing has become just as important as it used to be. And now, I, you know, that's the next, that's the next thing in our industry is somebody who really does. And I've talked about this class with you guys. Like the next right. generation or, or piece that's missing is a company that really, truly, truly understands social media for what it is and the power of it. And they're not just, you know, getting sponsor ads. Like they're do stuff differently to help promotion because that's where you, know, you can promote there. But it's not just about that. It's about all the outside hard marketing things. So different marketing companies, whether it be internally in the labels or outside companies that, you know, let's say you've got a rock band that you can go to them and it's like a PR company, but they really do. It's run by young intellectual good thinkers that really understand a marketing and the technology. It's kind of like when back when film, there was a big, there was a big uh, crossover when they started using computer computers to edit vi like movie stuff. I think that was around water. What was it called? Waterworld. Yeah. That piece of shit movie Waterworld <laughs> with uh, Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner. It was, yeah. The footage like they, I think it was around that time. I think that's when I heard some of those stories. So, what was happening was the old people that knew how to edit film on the beds didn't understand the technology of the computer. They were like 18-year-olds that understood that, like the right. millennials of that time, you know? Not the right word, but the Gen X, I don't know what the fuck <laughs> they're called, whatever that generation. They understood the computer, but they didn't understand the art form of editing. And so right. all these people are editing on their computer, and it just looked like a home movie, but it's supposed to be a feature film. And it took a while, and then there was like, oh, the film industry said, oh, you know what, we should get old guy Jeff to show young person how to edit and teach so they're working as a team, and so that person's using the tool because I don't know how to use it, but they're getting my brain, and, and, and eventually, eventually people went, oh, then that editing went into the film schools, and people are learning how to do editing, and they learn how to use it on those tools. And so I think that's the step we're in the middle of now where – um, people that understand the technology, that technology is being more and more entered into the curriculum of, of wherever the people are learning, like hard marketing techniques and history of marketing, visual, all that shit. And they, and right. at the same time, they know the tools of today because they grew up in it. And I think we're going to see yeah. some amazing, amazing things happen in the next little while that. Dan's Dieselbird Fest is a perfect example. He's an artist. He's smart. He understands the technology better than most people. And he said, hey, let's do this. Like, nobody's thinking like that. If most people are going, I'm a concert promoter. I need to sell tickets to a place that people stand and camp. And yeah, yeah, that's a lot of money. But maybe there's new ways of doing things. And so it is, again, that's what Catherine, like in class with you guys, we're always trying to get you to think outside the box. Read. Right. Look at what's coming on the horizon. Listen, read uh, Wired magazine. Read fashion magazines from Europe. Just to see what's coming, the trends. And, and I think a lot of people are not doing that today. They're not really 
looking at what's out there to really create new ways of poking through that concrete as a growing weed. So, <laughs> you know, um, I think I totally forget the fucking question you asked, but um, what was the question you asked? I can't even rewind. Uh, that's okay. I think was, I, answered uh... I answered it in there somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was your it was your vision, but we 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 just uh you just broadened it. That's yeah. okay. No, that's right. It's just like the vision of the industry yeah. and what's going on. Yeah, yeah. I've seen um, you know, I've been I've been up and down in this industry so much that technology is always the thing that hinders growth at first, but then it becomes a big part of the industry. Like people will fight it. Like uh, I'm not gonna out anybody, but when I was at Sony, nobody cared like they're like oh the internet thing's gonna go away it's not a problem they'll put their head in the sand and these are yeah. older people that are on the edge of retirement perhaps and they don't understand the computer technology it's like some of the people who worked at yeah. the sony were were my mom's age you know mm. and my mom i love you mom but uh mom my mom <laughs> still calls the mac the computer box you know it's like <laughs> You know, it's like, she's not that old. And so you kind of think, well, that's really kind of who's running the show. A lot of it, whether it's TV or film or, or music, there's a lot of people holding on and they're very valuable because they have a history of amazing things. And some CEOs and companies are going, I do need to get some younger blood in this industry and they're doing it, which I think is fantastic. So right. it's kind of like, goes back to that film editing. Like I have the tools, you know, the new tool, let's get together and make, history really and some companies really were slow to do that when the internet came about and uh you know now we just they're not going to make that mis mistake twice so right i think it's going to be great for artists a lot of artists i have that i'm working with are independent some are on labels and they're both doing just fine so right right even without being able to play live right now so but that will come so bringing me to the live back to the live thing again uh, I'm curious to know your thoughts on, uh, cause there's been a lot of different shows that we've, that we've thought of, uh, there's been different scenarios run by, uh, I, I came up with a really interesting one, but, uh, and recent, most recent, recently seeing, uh, drive-in the drive-in uh concerts yeah. and they're actually going off pretty well i mean they look like they're going off pretty well uh i thought of one that was really interesting where the the bands or the artists go to the venue for now not not a not a forever thing uh go to the venue somebody live streams it they still they still get the feeling of doing the lights doing the doing you know having that whole concert theme with nobody there except for the streamer but i think and and like the fans would be able to buy tickets for it online i think I think that could really work uh, for for well, a short all, okay. term. It's already been proven to work, and and this you know you're not you're not wrong. And again, that's just uh, the old school. I remember what we had, and the Dan Davidsons don't. 
but we're having these conversations now. So that's like I don't I can't I don't think you're you're not old enough to remember the simulcast. Do you know that name? Do you know that word simulcast? Sounds familiar. Right. So Sounds back familiar, in the day when I was uh... when I was a young buck. Um, <laughs> I watched, you know, there were several, but one of the biggest ones was The Who. It was televised at the same time it was on Q107. So it was live. And that you could watch it on your TV oh, and you're hearing wow. it through your radio. At the time, we didn't have great speaker systems on TV, obviously, like right, we have right. today. So you got your massive fucking pioneers, fucking decades, fucking crank <laughs> up, Bob. And then we're watching, we're watching The Who fucking rock out. Millions of people are tuned in and tuned in to the TV and the radio at the same time. We have that technology. We're doing it right now. We have that right. technology where I could live, like, where we just watched the fucking NHL play to empty seats, but they've covered it. Who cares? Once you're into the game, who fucking cares? Exactly. It was still great hockey. And so, yeah, is it nice to go to a concert? Sure. But well, if we can't, because I can't afford the ticket to fly to wherever that Who concert was in England. Right. Who cares? I'm still enjoying it in a great sound system. I can see it. It's live. We have the technology, and more of that's going to happen. And it'll start with the bigger people, where you know you might get um, who knows what band in any, in any genre. It could be you know uh, Katy Perry. I'll just throw a word out. So right. it just takes some one of them to jump off and do that and go, right. holy shit! So they you know. They don't need Massey Hall, or they don't need Madison Square Gardens, but they might just fill it up, do the lights, and it's still it's like a massive concert, and you got right. angles on stage, and and so that just gets broadcast, and people buy the event, just like how many people have been buying UFC events or boxing events, or like you're not there, but you're still it's this shit makes millions, right? You know, right. NHL's chart, what are they charging? Seventy five bucks now for Center Ice to watch all the games. You multiply that by a million yeah. people, that's $75 million. So it's only a matter of time people, people go, hmm, I could just film a great concert and people can buy it. The Stones did it. They made millions off their DVD of the interactive one where you could look at different camera angles. I mean, all, all the right, technology is right. there. But again, see, this is the shit you learn, thinking outside the box to do how do we, how do we retrofit the industry to fit the time? Right. COVID, and COVID is just another form of the internet. The internet fucked us over. We finally figured out how to fix that. Right. Okay, COVID fucked us over. It might not stay around, but if it's not this one, or maybe it's another one, or maybe right. we're fine. It's just we got to figure out ways to keep going because people need to be entertained. Right. And people will always pay whatever they can to be entertained. I And I've told people on panels before, like, I'm not worried. Like, all the power could shut off tomorrow or there could be an economic disaster. I know I could sit on the street corner and play my acoustic guitar and sing and still feed my family. So because I know people will throw in a quarter or a dollar, because just that entertainment, just that one little moment of relief of, okay, maybe it's not such a bad world. That's what art is. Right. And we just got to keep, you know, keep our heads on and, and make things, make opportunities happen. And I'm, it's exciting to see every day. It's unfortunate I have to go through Trump shit and COVID bullshit and all that shit that's going on just to see the odd, oh, this is a live thing. This is cool. This We're going to do this concert. We're doing the, the drive-in concert and so on and so forth. So I'd rather see more of that. And I think um, we're going to be fine. We're going to be fine. You, know, you guys are all going to be fine. Because right. you're kind of, you're part of the new generation of the industry. And 
you know, even this, like this could be the new form of A&R. Who knows? Right, right. You're just, you're discovering bands and, and you're constantly highlighting them. And then your sponsors, you're making more money from your sponsors. And you know what? Hey, maybe I'll pay for their first demo and get them going. And who knows what it right. turns into. Right. So it's the fact that we're connected and now you can talk to anybody in the world. I said, you know, I'm writing the book. So in the, you've heard me say it, like, you could be a fucking black metal kazoo ensemble. There's got to be a million people out there that'd be into that. And fortunately, we live in a world where you can get to them. Yeah. And so I think half of our problems in the industry is the old guard. Our old guard has been fighting that technology just to keep change from happening. And that's loosening up. And the more people become part of the industry and they accept the technology and the Zooms and this podcasting, it's all part of it. Right. And I, th- I, you know, I think, uh, again, you guys are the future. So yeah, <laughs> I believe that Andrew is the future. <laughs> oh, Andrew, you're fantastic. You know uh, what I'm saying? I hope that helps. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so, I mean, that's, I pretty much have what, what I, what I can, what you need, what you need. Yeah, I, I, I think that we've, we've, we've covered a lot. Uh, one, one other thing I want to cover with you is, uh, and I mean, you being a producer, I'm sure, uh, I'm sure you've had your time of, of stress and, and, and anxiety through, through this, through this time. Um, but what are your thoughts on mental mental health and uh, in the music industry? And do you think do you think that we're we're covering it as much as we should, or do you think that you know it, it needs to be covered more? And especially you know, at a time like this, I'm all, I'm very torn about that topic which maybe we've covered in class and talked about some stuff. It's like, it's very easy to kind of get caught up in that um, mental health um, issue. Um, and it's, without getting, I don't want to make anybody angry because there's definitely people with mental health issues. And I think my advice right. to anybody is if you are feeling that you might be dealing with mental health issues, go see, don't talk to your friends. Don't talk to your mom. It's not Bell. Let's talk. Go to the fucking doctor and talk to them. Because if it is true clinical depression, clinical mental health, there are ways to fix that. And and fortunately, those same doctors will go, no, that's just called just everyday depression and, and darkness and scary. And I've been through a lot of that in my career. Mm-hmm. And I just, I just, I don't, I hate the fact that people might be self-diagnosing when they shouldn't be hmm. um, and wasting resources that real that really need to be accessible accessible by people that really need it. And so I think if you don't self-diagnose, if you feel that depression, go go talk to somebody. It's not your friends because they're just going to want to get drunk and get high. Talk, good, talk to a professional. Yeah, totally. Just They're there. That's what they went to school for. That's what they've learned. Right. case study just it takes you five minutes to book an appointment just go and pour out your heart and tell them and they're going to go okay you know 
maybe you we should run some more tests or you know what life is rough wear a fucking helmet they're going to tell you and i think we need a bit of that too we need people to go all right it's not really that's not really clinically you know an issue you just need to better your life and make better choices uh, i've made terrible fucking choices in my life and if i didn't have the moment to reflect and feel dark and depressed and shitty about it then i probably wouldn't have changed my way Right. So it's a very, very sensitive topic because a big yeah. portion of my job is literally mental health. And yeah. so we all need a little bit of work on our mental health, but everybody does all the time. Whether that is clinical or not is not my area of expertise. If I feel like I can't Jedi Knight, this is the chords you're looking for. These are the lyrics that you need to feel this way. Like if I can't do that and I really see this is a thing, then I just I pull back. And I suggest that they go talk to somebody. So it's like, I'll do my best to be the happy-go-lucky producer and, and help them feel better. Like we talked about earlier, artists calling me depressed and they can't get out to play. And right. just talking to somebody else that understands that, that kind of made them feel better. Right. That's not a mental health problem. That's depression from the situation. And so I just, I just so afraid that some people misidentify really what that stuff is. Cause I, I have people in my family that did have real mental health issues. And I know people that have real mental health issues. And if that right. system's clogged up because they can't have access, that scares me more, you know, than anything. Not that I don't, I don't, I'm not suggesting that people are, oh, have mental illness and they're taking away opportunities, but you never know, there might be. And I'd rather right. people feel better. Uh, and sometimes knowing that you're the problem can sometimes make you feel better. And I've had people put me in my place over my over the years, like having been mentored by some serious industry folk. Um, they weren't fucking nice to me. And if I didn't have thick skin, I could have just been like, oh, I'm sad, I'm triggered. No, I wouldn't be here. Like I had to go through that. And, you know, if we're waiting for people to, to color coat real information that's going to help you become a better person, then you're going to focus on being triggered rather than learning Right. That's, I, I'd hate to see that happen. I'd hate that. If that was, I'd hate that to happen to you, that you're misidentifying what you're dealing with. Like if I said, no, Andrew, you fucking asshole, you should be doing this. It's like, <laughs> I feel triggered. It's not a safe space. No, I'm, the next piece of information I'm giving you could save your life. And right. I just don't want people to miss that opportunity. And again, it's a very, very sensitive topic. And I'm not, I'm not demeaning anybody's situation. Right, right. But uh, again, just to reiterate, uh, you know, I worry that people are healthy or not. And so if you're not feeling healthy, go talk to somebody because they'll tell you whether you are clinically unhealthy or just you're having a shitty time. And I'd rather somebody get to the finish line of that first, like as soon as possible. You know? Right. Uh, that... that so back, to I... what, back to what you were saying about, about uh, mental health and how people look at it. I think I think you're right because of the fact that there's because there's so there, it's a broad it's a it's a broad subject so I think I think you can be looking at it like people can be looking at it the wrong way yes. and and I yeah. I agree with that I think the spectrum of mental health is as big as, big and wide as the spectrum spectrum of, of autism like we all have a bit of it. So right, right. Now we're just, we're understanding that now. And it's like, well, if you can clinically control it, great. If you can't, there's ways to figure that out. So 
Exactly. Again, I'm not suggesting that people aren't going, aren't saying, I'm not saying that they're using mental health as an excuse, but they might be not, they might say it and not do anything about it. And that's what scares me is that, you know, they just, it just makes their life easier rather than dealing with the issue for themselves. Because right. I'd like all the human, I'd like humans to always be as awesome as they can be. So even right. if I don't know them. Well, and I mean, so. it, when, when going back to, uh, I, I mean, it's, it's well past, but last week, last Monday, uh, was the third anniversary of, of Chester passing away. And I think, yep. uh, you know, he had, he had messages all over his music, but never, you know, we don't know. We don't know yep. what, what he was going through, what he was dealing with, what, because, we were just fans, and and I think. Well, I I did a lot of reading on what you know, the family thought, and Chester really had a hard time, um, from what I know. He had a hard, and a lot of artists go through this. It's like you, a, a band of that size, is right. they're not home for like almost an entire year. Like they're on the road for eight months solid, and then they got to come home. And they're not on stage anymore and they have to take out the fucking garbage and they have to do the mow the fucking lawn and do all the stuff that they're just not designed to do. Yeah. And they're, they're called to that. And that can really lead, I think a lot of the artists that have gone down that path. It's because it's usually in a break time and they just don't mm -hmm. know what to do themselves. And there's no support system for that. So uh, it's unfortunate that it happened. That's really, you know, I've even talked about that in class with you guys. Like, we need to start protecting our artists. We need to start getting them help talking, whether it's even protection, like from crazy people on internet connections that can find them. Right. Like, we do need to take care of our artists a little bit better. And, you know, if you have an artist who you're managing, you know, just check in on them and see how they're feeling. And I'm doing that with my artists. So just call them out of the blue. Hey, man, just check in and see how you're doing and shoot the shit and talk about hockey and boobs and we're good. <laughs> it's just like that. That connection to like the real life like you gotta think about it chester when he's not on the road all his band of brothers they're not there anymore they can kind of maybe talk once in a while but they're all dealing with they're putting out the garbage and mowing the lawn and painting and doing whatever they do it like a man's supposed to do at home <clears throat> or in a relationship yeah uh, they're just not used to that and i think that can really put you in a dark place yeah and you know what if maybe chester done what i just said Go talk to somebody. And I just said, this is temporary. You know what? Just here's what I prescribe. You know, eight grams of marijuana a day, and uh, and this and that, and read this, and you know, here's some coping mechanism. Sometimes that's really all people need is a coping mechanism rather than drug drugs or whatever the case. But uh, right. you need to go find your fucking coping mechanism, whatever it is. Find it. Right. So, um, but believe you me. This has not been a fucking easy ride for me as a producer or a musician. The ups and downs. Oh, I bet. Um, I see people complain about things. And I go, you have no idea. I actually just talked about this today. You know what my coping mechanism is? Because <clears throat> trust me, I saw days where I'm very, very dark. At least two or three times a month, at minimum. Questioning and so on and so forth. It's just human nature. So am I making the right choices? Should I have been a fucking doctor? Should I have been this? Like, we all have that. Right. And so when I look at there's too much negativity on Facebook, there's too much negativity all the time. Everybody's got to fight 
Everybody has something to say. Everybody has a fucking opinion. And now they have a place to express it. It can really drive people to be dark and like, am I this? Am I that? Am I doing enough? And then the other side of it is like, oh, I can't, I, I'm not making fun of people when I say this, but when they go, I feel triggered. This isn't a safe space. I can't, I understand it. But literally, um, I wish I could show you the picture. Uh, I, basically, when I feel like that, I watch Band of Brothers. Because that's, it's not, it's not that it's real, but it's based on real. And I'm not a 17-year-old kid sitting in a fucking foxhole in minus 30 degree weather with no shoes, no jacket, pointing my gun out into the dark at the line that I'm supposed to be protecting. Right. That's right. fucking stress. Right. Yeah. Like I can't, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking of that. Could you imagine? Yeah. yeah. So I just yeah, watched the entire crazy. series of Band of Brothers to go, you know what? Yeah, there's shitty things, but man, my life, I'm not, I'm not there. And there were so many kids that gave their lives and people that, so we could have all of this stuff. And I think we're fucking wasting it half the time. And so I sometimes need that to reconnect of like, how bad could it be? And I'm not making light of anybody's situations today. Right. There's a lot of shit going on, but there's a lot of very serious shit that should be focused on more than the stuff that is not as serious as it should be. So right. I think whatever it is, it's bugging you as a person out there, artist, person, doesn't matter. Find your coping mechanism to just ground you. It's like that, uh, it's like that token thing in, uh, what was that movie with? They have the spinning top to kind of keep them reality. What was that movie called? And, <laughs> and, and uh, it was with DiCaprio, I think. Inception. Inception. Remember they could, oh, yeah. remember they could yeah. go into different reality, whatever yeah, they're doing. So yeah, they had the a spinning top yeah. to just remind them that this is the real place. Right. So to find a thing that you can always, like it's whether it's a mantra or a TV show or a movie, something that is real life and go, I, I, I could be that. Or I can make the best of what I have now. So, again, I'm not making light of anybody's situation, but nobody's walked in my shoes, so they have no idea what I've been through as right. a, as a human being. Like we all have dark times and troubles, and growing up and learning and try to go where you're supposed to be. It's not like there's a fucking roadmap, and you know, yeah. there's no, you know, everybody has a different plan. So. You know, I've failed a thousand times. I always tell people as a producer, it's not that I'm any, it's not that I'm a better producer than not say you. Let's say you're producing music now. I'm not more talented than you. I've just made a thousand more fucking mistakes than you. Right. And so, right. it's we're the same, and, and until you fail a hundred times, a thousand times, you're not going to be like me. But you're still like I find that a lot. I try to encourage producers like it's okay. I have just as many I have more failures than I have successes. Now, had I identified that and made myself dark and depressed, I might not have continued. But for some reason, I just moved forward. You know, I don't drink. I don't do drugs my whole life. Actually, I was pretty good at drinking for a while. But I was never, you know, I wasn't an AA or anything. It just, it just sort of, I was more, I wanted to be here. I wanted to be present. Right. I loved the music was the drug for me. So, but, yeah. um, so that, I guess that was my thing that kept me in the present and kept me going forward. Like I've made a lot of bad fucking decisions, but anybody successful has. It's like relationship problems, financial stuff. It's just part of the game. You just have to keep going until you get better at it. And then right. it's like anything, you know, you can be, yeah. you know, you get a job at the bank as a bank teller. And there's nothing wrong with that. And you're good with that for the rest of your life. 
fine. But if you want to go to the next level, you have to make some take some risks and spend money on schooling. And it's like again, it's like how what do you want? Go for it. You're gonna fail. You're gonna fail. You're gonna fail again and again. You're gonna have ten failures yourself before something great happens for you. Something, I think something we need to teach would, that. That was that was something that you repeatedly said in class was you basically this that course that sent course is designed for you to to fail you every week yeah yeah like you know you you're gonna you're gonna have those those big drops and you know everything's not gonna happen the way you want it to happen the cd is not going to come out the way that it's not going to come out perfect but it's 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 the learning process that goes into it and the communication and everything yeah. else that goes into it so yeah. and and i think that's that's a huge a huge tool for just for that program or that class that course alone sure well so, Catherine, i wanted to make it more about it's it's not just business it's life that's really it right right Right, and everybody and, understands that. Like a, hands good Hollywood, a good Hollywood movie is like he was a boy from a small town, and it's all the shit that happens, and then finally he meets the CEO and becomes it's there. It's a happy ending. Well, that's life condensed into two an hour and a half. Yeah. And so yeah, yeah. literally, you're you're going to be that star of the movie if you continue to want to be that star of the movie, and instead of the three pitfalls before he becomes you know this you know successful. Yeah, at the end of it, yeah. it's a happy ending. Just multiply that by a hundred, and that's what you're going to deal with. And you just have to keep dealing with it until you, and learn from every stumble. You know. So that's, again, we just try to instill that to people that wanted to hear that. So, right. So and look at you. Look at you, my little birdie. Look at you uh, flying. Not so little, but <laughs> I, I, I wish I wish you guys could have known Andrew before this, because this just. <laughs> I'm 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 very I'm super proud of you that like you're doing this like you wouldn't even talk when I first met you it's like, it's like, ah. weird surrounding there's all these kids and you're this rock oh, guy oh man oh it's it was like, it was brutal yeah no but you yeah. you you push through and that's what it's all about right no, I'm, right. I'm proud of you so oh, say, thank you yeah. Jeff I appreciate just keep that keep giving her bud uh so where where can people so if if anybody wanted to reach out to you uh music wise uh how can they get a hold of you and... all of my all of my contact if you just go to my website it's uh, you're gonna have to spell it jeff delzeal official jeff as not with a ph with an ff jeff yeah. <laughs> D-A- d-a-l-z-i-e-l official.com and all of my socials are on there, email, everything is there. So, you know, I'm totally approachable um, and so on and so forth. So, but, but a lot of it ends up going through my management company anyway. So, like they're uh, copying and all that stuff. So, it's, awesome. um, yeah, but uh, I wasn't going to say, I wanted to kind of go back to one thing because I'm, I'm, I'm hoping a lot of artists are listening to this podcast, like, you know, looking for things. And the one advice I can give any artist, regardless of any genre, and I kind of hinted at it earlier about, you know, <clears throat> you make a song and your mom likes it, your girlfriend likes it, and all that's great. 
my advice to any band out there is one you're sitting on something you think is right in the demo stage or whatever play it for people and they're going to go their first reaction if you know them is going oh it's really good because nobody's going to tell you it's your baby's ugly you need to be forceful into the people you give it to we go i don't don't stroke my ego tell me what you fucking hate about it don't tell me if you like it Tell me what bugs you, if anything's bugging you at all. It's not like you have to answer to that later. But if you constantly right. badger people to not just listen to your music, but can you listen to it and pretend you're an A&R person? Tell me what you fucking hate. And, and, to the, and give it to people that consume the genre of the music that you're making. Don't give it to a Katy Perry fan, because they're going to fucking hate everything. But too many people give their art demo stage in some weird way they're giving it to their people and their friends to kind of, you know, get some positive feedback. What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, positive feedback or like um, acknowledgement that how awesome it is. It's like, that's not right, what you right. should be doing. You should be using your, your trusted group of people to listen to it and pretend they're fucking assholes. They're going to leave comments on your YouTube that are nasty. Like true hardcore fans. Like, be that guy. Right, and I'm going right. to send you this death metal band I'm doing. I'm going to send it to you tell me what you fucking hate about it. That doesn't mean I have to, because you might hate something. Maybe I put that mandolin in there, right there. And you go, I fucking hate that, but it might be the next coolest (laughs) thing. You never know. And so then I, as a producer or a band, I decide, no, that's staying in. But Andrew did mention the kick drum sound weird or something. Like you need to get positive. You need to get not positive feedback. You need to need positive negative feedback is what you need, which is what's missing in this industry which is why I do well because right, I'm right. I'm the guy that tells the artists yes it's good it's not good enough and this is let's do what we can to make it the best it can be so it's fucking bulletproof because I have a job I'm more interested in making you successful and get you to the next level right. that we can be at and I can't right. do that just by going well this was nice oh and that's really nice and so like, I don't have time for that I have time to rip it apart based on my experience I and my know. opinion yeah. And the more, and then I send what I think is good. I send that to my quiet group that, that you people don't know, that are going to be just as evil to it as I was, and I trust them to be. They don't right. call me and go, "Oh, the drums sound great." They go, "Um, yeah, there's something fucked." If you go, like they know what they're listening to. So, right, right. I think we need more of that. But the problem is, is uh, a lot of the times it takes me a while to get artists to go. I'm not trying to be mean to you. I'm trying to be mean to the art. So you benefit. And it's, sometimes it's hard to separate those two things. And right. Of course, and then, then get into and the... So that you can learn from it as an artist too. I, For sure. I agree. Yeah. I agree. So, um, so this uh, brings us to the end, Jeff. Uh, unfortunately, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Yeah. Uh, well, thanks for having me. It was fun. Anything so... for you, buddy. <laughs> Uh, well, I would love to have you on in the future, uh, and see, see what else you got cooking. Um, absolutely. Good luck again. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, so you've been listening to Jeff Dalziel and I've been Andrew and this has been the lion's pit. We'll see you next time guys. Take care.